Let's go. We are back to the Social Seller Podcast. We are excited. We're going to hop right in. We have a special guest. Celia, I don't know if I've told you this. I knew about you years before we ever met. When I was still living in Iowa and following your content, seeing that it was a whole other level of content, but loving travel and valuing travel, I knew somehow deep down that we were going to meet someday. And it's awesome to be able to call you not only a friend and we're able to help each other in so many ways. So let's hop right in. What I do know is you are from, born and raised in Colorado, what part? Vail. Vail? Yeah. So cool. Vail is literally <laughs> one of my favorite resorts to snowboard. That is when the true kid in me comes out, but I just give some context. I didn't know you snowboard. Love to snowboard. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm geographically spoiled for sure. Um, growing up in Vail was an absolute dream and I didn't even recognize it because, I mean, you're just playing outside all day, every day. And then when you leave and you come back and you look at the mountains, you're just like, you know, wow, I grew up here. Um, so I'm, I'm really lucky. And yeah, my whole life, I've just been all about finding amazing, like geography in the world, just amazing locations. And I know you're humble about it because you go to, you, you not only travel, right? I consider myself a traveler. I know a lot of people that are travelers. You travel on a whole nother caliber. Not only the people that you bring in, they are elite entrepreneurs that are vetted, but you are going to the coolest places. Like, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. A lot of this stuff, I'll look at your content. I'm like, where is this? All right, add it to my notes. This is the dream travel list. <laughs> and, really? And oh, yeah. Now, oh, grew up in no Vail. What brought you to San Diego? Um, not to San Diego, but to Malibu. I went to school at Pepperdine because I wanted to play professional beach volleyball. <laughs> so help us understand the childhood. So what sure. I do know briefly is you were very athletic, and that was something we had in common you were like a four or five sport athlete. You played collegiately. And take us through that. What was the upbringing kind of like? What was, how did you spend your time? Where was the focus? I really have to thank my parents because they gave me some type of, I think it comes from your parents, I'm not sure, but I was given a lot of ambition as a young kid and I would just always have to win at everything. Um, so I'm very competitive and that has really pushed me through a lot and it, pushed me to kind of like open up like into uncomfort zones and try new things and win at them and keep doing it until I win. So, um, you know, with that being said, I think a story that really, really I have to give gratitude towards is probably like one of the hardest things that I went through. And that's in high school, I actually didn't have any friends. <laughs> like I, long story short, there was actually like a, a viral, you good? Um, long story short, there was this girl that started a sex room about me. And if you saw like on the news ever, like someone that committed suicide because like a sex photo got leaked, like that wasn't me, but that was almost me. And I literally had no friends at all in high school. And I went from having like almost everything and everyone and being like really popular. And I just wanted to be the cool kid. And I wanted to sit at the cool kids table and listen to the cool kids music. And I just wanted to be like popular, you know? Because I thought that that was like destined for me. I was like, oh, I'm so cool. Uh, I literally would go to school, like put my hood up and not talk to anyone all day. Like senior football guys would like push me into lockers. Um, and yeah, long story short, it taught me three things. Like one, how to not, can I swear? Absolutely. How to not give a fuck what people think about you. Because no matter what I tried to do, I could not make any friends. Fact, like I tried everything and I couldn't make any friends. So at the end of the day, it was like, all right, am I gonna be my own friend? Like in that, in that moment of like almost suicide, I was like, 
are you going to take their side or are you going to be the only one that sticks up for you? Like, what do you really want out of life? Like, what, what is your life about, right? And so anybody else's opinion no longer was relevant because it, it, it couldn't be. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to survive like that, right? Caring what people think. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I learned how to stand up for myself, which was huge. Um, and overall, it really t- just taught me like to value character. And because of that experience, I actually completely put all of my energy into sports. That was my outlet. And I became really, really good. Like really good at every sport in, in track, volleyball, basketball, ski racing, um, pole vaulting, high jump, literally anything, anytime, anywhere. If you want to race, I like, I was like, let's go. That, that became my identity. Um, so Beach, you know, Pepperdine was the D1 NCAA best team in the nation. And, and it had just become an NCAA sport. So I don't know how, but Marcio, who was the Olympic coach for Misty and April, found me. And he was like, I want you to come to Pepperdine. And I got recruited, and I would never even played beach volleyball before. So you got recruited for beach volleyball. Didn't grow up playing it, but because you were so athletic. And you won state in pole vaulting, right? Yeah, pole in vaulting, the state of high jump. And high jump? High jump, pole vaulting, uh, four by one. We, our team was just crushing it. And we're from Vail, so it's not just me. Everyone around me is, is athletic. Everyone around me loves to be outside. Everyone around me loves to hike and adventure and grew up skiing since they were two years old. So it was a competitive atmosphere. And that's, I think, I got to give a lot of, a lot of contribu- contribution, a lot of contribution to my atmosphere and to my upbringing because I think that's a huge part of my identity. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and it just speaks to your confidence and like the growth that you've gone through in the lens you see the world on or the see the world, right? Because all of us have adversity in our childhood, our upbringings. And once we embrace it and we look at it and genuinely believe it's like, I'm glad this happened. And that's what I heard in your language, right? That tells Great. me that's what your subconscious, you've done the work yeah. to look at it because without that, you wouldn't have had that realization that it's like, I need to like me. Right? Yo, without that, I probably would have been that popular kid. I probably would have gone to all the parties. Right? Like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs, really. Like, I, I'm, I value my health and I value my athleticism because of that. And I don't know if, if that never happened to me. I probably would have gone in a completely different route and been someone I really just didn't even like and not even known how to develop myself further, you know? I, yeah. Like most of the popular kids in high school, especially like my high school and probably for yours too, I don't know where they are now. Like I don't know who they are now. They're not. Go- they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So it's it's a blessing in disguise, you know. If if you're in high school and you're and you're watching this, uh, you know, and you're getting bullied, there's a reason. Like, and I, I asked my dad. I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, I don't deserve this. Why is this happening to me? And he was like, you're being built for something. There's a reason why, you know, God is putting you through this. You have to do something great in the future. And in order for you to be prepared for that moment, you have to go through this. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure as a high school student getting bullied, when your dad's telling you it's building you up, there's something bigger, at least I would guess in for my version of who I was in high school, that would not be the advice I want, right? Because I couldn't comprehend it. I'm like, Dad, no, I need your help, right? My dad would tell me, like, if anyone, you know, gives you problems, just make sure you hit them square in the nose. Like, that was my dad's advice, right? It's um, good advice. Uh, let's be real. I had I mean, to do that. 
Yeah. That was lesson number two. I had to learn how to stand up for myself. Yep. Yeah. That is so true though. You're right. Because going through that, I think that is one of the triggers that helps you kind of get over like, I'm not the victim. The second right. we start to take ourselves out of the view of I'm the victim, life gets exceptionally better. And I think the next stage is also standing up for yourself. Yeah. Doesn't mean physical violence. For me, I got in trouble quite a bit. A handful of fights. Um, That's fine. Sometimes right. you have to. Oh, yeah. I, I did too. Sometimes you have to. And I'm not encouraging violence, but like sometimes you don't have any other choice. And, you know, when you stand up for what's right, sometimes you have to. And it's going to be an unpopular opinion, especially yeah. in high school. Trying to be the good person is like the opposite of being able to sit at the cool table, hang out with the cool crew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love this. So went to school, get recruited for beach volleyball at the top school in the country for beach volleyball, not playing beach volleyball up to that point. What was your biggest takeaway getting to play around all these athletes that were obviously playing at a higher level and <laughs> coming into that, surrounding yourself with that environment? They didn't like me, yo. Uh, when I first got into college, uh, they were like, who is this girl? She doesn't, they had all grown up their whole lives playing beach volleyball and it had just became a reality for them. So they were serious, like that team was no joke. They were the best. And I came in, I was horrible my first year. I never played, I didn't understand the game. Like beach volleyball and indoor volleyball, completely different sports. Um, and it's hard to jump in the sand. And I literally was like sweat tears and blood. Like one time I was doing this one drill um, and I was the last one and I literally was like, my nose was bleeding, I was trying to breathe so hard. Like it was 103 degrees, my feet were burnt off. Like my feet were literally like peeling, it was like, the wor I thought I was gonna die. I literally was like, I'm going to die right now. And uh, you know, that's a different, a longer story that you know, we don't have to go into, but uh, I think it's really amazing to see how far you can push yourself. Like in that moment, I was like, I'm gonna pass out. I'm gonna literally like choke on my sweat, tears and blood and I'm gonna die. Yeah. Like, I can't breathe anymore. I'm gonna have a heart attack or something like, and uh, yeah, getting through that moment was, was huge. And eventually, you know, I got good enough to keep up. Eventually, like, I started playing. Um, but, yeah, that was challenging. And, again, I'm grateful for that challenge as well. Right. And it it, it and goes it into the same, the same success that you have today with your companies, being able to travel and bringing the coolest people together from around the world. Right. Yeah. You have some magic talent that you were born with, but I think you've also enhanced through your work and experiences, going through adversity and growing you bring really cool people together and, and that's obvious, but then you do it in, in these environments, it's unreal. And it's just so exciting that we are having this interview now because I know by the end of the year, everyone in the world's gonna know about your brand and Weekender Productions. And I just love it because I view this as like the rookie card. And that's how a lot of these interviews yeah. are. I can't wait to look back in yes. a year, two years, three years, because then the rest of the world will know what, I've, what I experience, what Oscar and I get to see. And I'm so excited for you. Oh, Congratulations you. on launching this, by the way. I've been watching it, it's dope. Thank you. I appreciate it. I yeah. appreciate it. And here, the last episode and today, we got some feedback that we, they like it just being raw. So you don't see my pad folio. You don't see my pen. I don't create the questions beforehand. I still think of some good questions knowing the guest, how we can communicate and get into some cool things. I have one that we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. But before we move on, for that 17, what, I guess it's like, I'm going to say 14, 15-year-old girl that's anywhere in the world that just started high school hmm. and feels like they can't fit in whether she plays sports or she doesn't and it seems like the world just sucks like it's already intimidating as hell going into high school I remember that yeah and freshman year I was bullied some yep. 
And I also bullied at times, and I'm not proud of that like growing up, right? But that was the environment it, it, that we were around. What, would, what advice would you say to that person? Or you could also phrase it as your 15-year-old self. Yeah, I wonder if we would have gotten in a fight, you and I. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, because you said you were a bully, right? Or I don't know. I had a phase. I was also bullied too, but then my home environment, now that I'm out of yeah. school, I realize like why that's what I resulted to. It's just funny that we're connecting now, you know, because I'm saying we might not have been friends if we had met earlier in life. Yeah, ooh. Right, like I don't really like the person that I used to be. I told you this yesterday. Like if I had met myself like four or five years ago, currently I wouldn't even want to hang out with that person because I'm so different. How young are you today? How young am I? I am 25. I just turned 25. Happy birthday again. And yeah. I had a cool trip in Costa Rica. Thank you. But you wouldn't be friends with yourself at 20 years old, you're saying? Right why, now, why I that? wouldn't hang out with that girl. What, what was that 20-year-old girl like? Uh, just so conceited. Uh, it, you know, the ambition was good. Like, trying to... Having a goal, like, I'm going to do something and doing it, that was good. Like, there are certain elements of my character that I will always love and always have loved. Um, but that girl just didn't care about people at all. I, she only cared about herself. Um, and that's kind of required, you know, like I get it. You, if, if you have a goal and you're that 15 year old girl in high school, or you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be something different, or you are different, um, you have to be selfish and you have to do whatever it takes to get to your goal. But then once you get there, you're like, now what, what happened was like my soccer coach died and I, I went to her funeral and I saw thousands of people there like a little town, a little high school soccer coach. And I was like, wow, this human impacted so many people. And I was like, whoa, if this was my funeral, these people, I don't think they would all be here. I don't even know who would be at my funeral because I don't think I've really impacted anyone. Like my life was dope. My life was amazing. I was, I was jumping out of helicopters. I was staying in the most luxury, insane villas in the most beautiful destinations all over the world. Like I was so driven and ambitious to create the most epic lifestyle for myself. And I did that, but it was all about me. And it's all about most of the people that I was with. Everyone was just so egotistical and materialistic. Like I don't really like that person um, as a character. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to hang out with her. Like, the quality of conversation that we would have is not, you know, elite or effective or beneficial or, or inspiring, really. Like, I just had to grow up. That's it, is I just, I had to grow up a lot, and I had to figure out what really mattered. Wow. And, and I think for anyone listening to this, right, asking ourselves five years ago, so I'm 27, so 22-year-old Connor, okay, he's just finishing college. I know I wouldn't really like that guy. <laughs> I wouldn't either. We changed. We changed. We and, and I think that's the beauty. I think one of the, the takeaways here is like how much growth can happen when you start self-educating too, right? And I think that gets into self-development and then you start to identify what you want to create in life. Is it a product, a service? Is it art? Is it whatever? And it, you, you start feeling this thing called passion, right? And, and it really doesn't seem like work. Yeah, I, I don't like that version. There'd be a lot of <laughs> ego in that version, right? Because yeah, huge what ego. I realize is confidence, something that we both have, the balance beam of confidence and ego is so strong. You need confidence. You need a degree of selfishness to be successful in life, right? The most successful people will tell you that, but there's a balance, right? You have to be selfish in the sense of, I know where I need to be, and 
I don't even know if it's selfish, learning to say no. That's something that I really had to start working on in the last couple of years because there's always opportunities. People always want to hang out. There's always cool trips going on. And I used to always say yes to everything. And it wasn't a FOMO thing. It was like, damn, these are awesome people. I just want to experience this. And maybe it was a little FOMO, you know what? Because it's like, damn, they're going to be connected. I know I can provide value in that network. So when did you start Weekender Productions? What age? How long ago? And then like, can you just talk about the transition of what this is? Because most people don't have any context. They see your content. Your, your content is all over the Explore page for anyone. I mean, I've seen it over <laughs> the last four years. Where did it start? Yeah. Um, when I was in college, my schedule was, you know, 5 a.m. you're up, you're practicing beach volleyball until about 11 or 12 and then you have class from one to five and then you have like mandatory study hall somewhere in between there you got to get you know your three meals in and then you have homework so it was just like I had no time literally at all ever and um again I'm grateful for that schedule because it taught me time ma time management on a new level and I think that's one of the benefits of college other other than that you know there's not a whole lot but um I was like, I only have the weekends to be creative. Like, if I want to network and I want to meet dope people that can do backflips off of yachts and, uh, you know, we want to create. Like, I just have always had this adventure in me, and I needed that. So on the weekends, you know, if we didn't have a game, of course, that was the only time. So I was like, okay, let's create a community, like a little group of dope people that like to create, and let's call ourselves, like, the weekenders, and let's just go, let's create like an email list almost and just choose a dope location and just send that location to all of the people on this list. And whoever wants to come, whatever we want to create, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're all just going to meet up and we're going to do something dope. And you have to be a dope person to come. What is a dope person? <laughs> you know when you see them. For someone that, that might not have context or live in Southern California where dope is thrown around all the time. You know, inspiring, yeah. ambitious. Um, different. congruent probably different. a little authentic because they're a little different they different embraced it. yeah somebody that wants to create something people that have visions visionaries artists uh, creators um entrepreneurs just you you know when you meet someone and you're not going to just bring you know someone that wants to just get drunk and sit around and hang out like that's not who we are we don't do that like we are adrenaline junkies we we like to yeah i don't know we're just different yeah. It, you, you know when you, when you see people like that, you're like, oh, that person's sick. I, want, I, I like that person's energy. I want to be around them. I don't know why. I just, like, need this person in my life, right? Like, yeah. those kind of people, they exist. It. They're out there. They they're, are. They're rare. I didn't know that, though. See, I did not know that in the town of 4,000 that I grew up in. Yeah. Not that they weren't there. I just, I had to start experiencing the world and starting to travel, right? And after business school, living in Asia and that flipped my context on like what the world was like. And it was like, holy shit, yeah. most of these people are like so much <laughs> nicer than the majority back here. And they have so much less, like very little compared to what, w what we have. Um, I love that. Overachievers, and people that love to give. And sometimes they need to be developed too. Like we could have an amazing person that isn't an amazing person yet. Cause I was that person, right? Like, yep. but I don't know when you see someone and you like make eye contact with them, it's like, there's some kind of energetic connection and you're like, okay, this person either is or is going to be great. And you just, you can recognize that. Yeah, I agree. I, there was a song I listened to this morning and, and a lyric that I really liked and I'm going to butcher it right now because I just heard the song. But it was like, 
falling in love with the, and, and surrounding yourself with the people that love you for your weirdness, right? And to me, that just speaks on your authenticity, right? Like, don't get in a relationship, male or female, like any relationship, our relationship, let alone like you're looking to, to date someone. Making sure that you both love each other for that weirdness. Like, I legitimately have more respect for people in my life when I think about them and I can't compare them to anyone else in my life. I think that's when you're on track to being authentic. And it takes time. You have to kind of have an idea of where you want to go. Yeah, I, I love, love that. It. I love it. And great definition of dope. You're right. You're getting <laughs> me excited. I need to meet these people. And what are you the most excited for? I mean, you're, you have such a creative business. I think anyone <laughs> listening is like, well, damn, I would like to be a, an Instagram influencer. And, and I would love to create cool content like you do. And I know the amount of work and time that's gone into it to get your content to this point. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to work on my own time, right? And it sounds so hard. It's like standing at the base of Mount Everest and it's like, somehow I'm going to get up How? here? Like, what? Yeah. So <laughs> because it sounds so far-fetched, what would you say to someone that is interested in potentially starting something like that, their own variation? And, and when you look at Mount Everest, how did you take it in? I never looked at Mount Everest. Um, I'm not really sure how to answer that question because like for me, I think if, if you're gonna do anything, you need to have, um, and this is from the book Think and Grow Rich, like a burning desire. You need to have like this deep burning desire to do, to be, or to have something, right? Um, so first of all, that's gotta be there. And maybe that's where you see the mountain, like what you're desiring is at the top. And you're like, you, that burning desire gets you to the top of the mountain, right? Um, so I would just say double check with that. Like before you're going to do anything, just really look inside and just, I don't think people sit down with themselves enough and just literally the most important question you could ever ask yourself is what do I really want? That's it. What do I really, really want? Because if you don't like have a very specific mountain and a very specific ambition to get you to that mountain you're going to be like all of the other things in life are just going to dictate how your life is going to go by default instead of by design so if you have a design if you have a vision if you have a burning desire and a mountain to climb then you know you're gonna be fine that's yeah. all you need but if you're not sure and if you're not you know, you also have to be given a, given a certain characteristic, which is taking action. Um, that backed by a burning desire, right? So you have, to, you have to be able to understand, like, you know, I'm probably going to fall maybe a couple times on that mountain. Like, I'm going to have to climb a, up a waterfall to get there, and I might fall. And that's okay. Like, that's the game. That's the mountain. I got to climb it. I'm going to get to the top. I don't care how many times I fall. You know, but a lot of people are like, what if I fail? What if everybody tells me I can't do it? It's like, you're gonna fail. People are gonna tell you you can't do it. So, I mean, yeah, if you, if you wanna be an influencer, if you, whatever you wanna be, if you wanna be a content creator, if you wanna travel the world, just make sure that's what you really want and make sure you have a reason why um, because that's what I really wanted and to be fully transparent, I just wanted to be a model. Like, I looked up to Alexis Ren so much, I was like, Oh my God, I just want to be her. I just want to be sexy. I just want everyone to like love my content. Um, I, and I've briefly met her, but I don't really see like that life being something that I want anymore because there's no depth there. Like I got into modeling. I got into, you know, Hollywood and 
and I always wanted to be an actor. I just wanted to be famous, straight up. Like, I just wanted to be famous. I just wanted to be like that super, you know, again, the popular thing in my head, yeah. right? Significance. And like, you get that, and you're just like, why did I even want this in the first place? And honestly, I was like so much more unhappy once I got there. And I think everyone experiences this with a certain amount of success. You're like, damn, I want to be a millionaire. I want to have that house. I want to have that car. I want to have all these girls, you know, whatever it is. And then you get there and you're like, why am I so fucking depressed? Why does none of this shit even impact? What this doesn't even get me hyped anymore. You know, like you just, you get everything, everything you want in life. And you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing any of this. Like you just said every thing, 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 things, right. things. Don't don't provide sustainable or true or, fulfillment, or fame, happiness. or fame, or you know, or, or money, or you know, sex, or whatever it is that you think you need to be happy or successful. You're gonna get it, and then you're gonna be even more depressed. And everybody knows that. You've seen that in all the movies. Like you see that in Gatsby. You see that in Wolf of Wall Street. You see that all of the time. And it's like, what really matters is people. That's it. All that matters in this world is people and loving those people and experiencing life with those people. I'm pretty sure that's it. And having a purpose to why you're doing it, what you're doing. Because probably you want to impact people. At the end of the day, everything comes back to people. If, if you had this whole world to yourself and all the private jets and you could do anything you want and you know, no one was here, you probably would commit suicide because you're the only person. Like You need people in your life. Maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. But the yeah. point is, like at the end of the day, you just got to figure out what really matters and why you're doing what you're doing and, most importantly, who you want in your life and how what you're doing is going to impact who you have in your life. Absolutely. So many good points there. <gasps> like he did. Bring in the energy. Let's go. <laughs> and quick context. What's your favorite type of coffee? Like what, what, are, you, what are you drinking today? Um, you got me a vanilla latte. So thank you. Is that With your go-to? Like is that yeah, go-to regardless of where you're at in the world? Yeah. And then favorite country to experience food. Simply because I love food. And you've, my best guess is you've been, on, been to every continent at 25 years old. Uh, pretty close. I don't know. Um, food. Dude, just go everywhere and try everything. Um, Italy's amazing. Bali's amazing. Um, there's certain places that have amazing restaurants, like maybe in countries that aren't known for their food, but like that would be the best meal you ever had. Holes in the wall. I don't know. Just explore. I love it. And yeah. Balinese food is definitely currently my absolute favorite. Yeah. And, and the exclusivity of the only way you can experience it is in Bali, right? You have to be in the, the island because the climate and the way the food by the locals the is prepared. Fruits. It has to be like... Prepped. And, and because of the climate, they have trees and vegetation and they can grow things that you can't get anywhere else. Everything's made from scratch like that morning, right? These owners of whatever this little shop, they go at 4 a.m. every morning to the market to buy whatever produce, meats they can make for that day. And then once they're out, it's out, right? One of the tricks we learned is follow where the lines of locals are. Mm. Don't go to where the tours are. Go to the locals. Um, and that taught us a ton, if, especially if you like spicy food. Balinese food is unreal. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, where, what does the next three years look like for you? you have, you're, you're creating this. I sense the momentum not only when we talk, but I see from the outside too, right? And for anyone I look up to, I'm always watching from the outside too. And, and you can tell in content. You can tell in how they're communicating. You can tell in almost like their eyes, right? Their, their body language. And you're, you're in the zone. 
what does two to three years from now look like in your life? So Weekender Productions, but how, how are you spending your time in three years from today? That is the greatest question anybody could ever ask. I actually wrote an entire caption. Can I, can I grab this? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was actually thinking about this today. And even yesterday I was telling you a little bit about how I almost wanted to like reach into the mirror and like grab the shoulder of the older version of me that's five years from now, so when I'm 30, and just, you know, turn her around and just be like, who are you? What are you? What have you done? What, what is your life like now? You know, like, you know, from my older self, like, tell me what I need to know almost, you know? And uh, I, I wrote this today. This is probably the most important message I've ever written to share with you. It's about reinventing your identity through manifestation. I found myself living in the future a lot. I found in a challenging time that being realistic was depressing and ineffective. To imagine is to create. So I started talking to my present self from a future tense, imagining myself five, five years from now. I saw her. She's incredible. She's in love. She created a multi-seven-figure company that impacts millions of people. Her community is flowing with vibrant, elite, impactful people. Her character is unbreakable. She does the right thing, not the easy thing. Her health is better than ever. She's shredded. She's done everything I say I'm going to do, and she is everything I say I am becoming. Um, and to take that a step further, it's already happened. She already exists, and she is me now. Time just hasn't caught up yet um, because I created her. I created the future. I created that future. I am her and this future already exists. Time just hasn't caught up yet. So I think if you ask that question to anyone, it gives them the opportunity to think about their future and, and who they want to become and who they need to become to create what, what they want to create. And so, you know, when I, I have a, I have a one, two, three, five, and 10 year plan for Weekender Productions. Um, and it's already, it already exists. I just have to take action now and bring it to life. Um, and more specifically, going back to the four things that matter, I have these quadrants, right? Um, that's such a great question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Putting this back on. Um, yeah, no, that is such a great question. So the four things that matter the most. Yeah, explain. What, what are these four quadrants? We never talked about them. Yeah. Um, this is, so when, I, when everything fell apart, like when I had that whole like influencer, just super fast lane life, um, everything fell apart. Like I got in a car accident. I ended up like moving to Hawaii and leaving the love of my life. Um, I, I moved there. I knew, I knew no one. I had nothing. I was totally broke and I had a broken heart. Like it was definitely rock bottom for me. Even after that high school experience, like this was worse. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this thing, sink or swim. I have no, I'm either going to figure out how to survive or I'm going to, you know, become homeless and die. I don't know. Like, there's no other option. Like, it's this or nothing for me. Um, and that's where I did a lot of personal development. And that's where I created these four, qu four quadrants. And, you know, I didn't, I technically created them, like, internally for myself. But once I started reading more and doing more personal development, like, these theories are already out there. Um, anyone who's successful knows this, and there's four things that matter. If you want to be happy, and if you want to be successful, all you need to do is develop these four quadrants. The first is pretty easy to understand. It's, it's physical. 
Um, so when I, when I woke up in the morning in Hawaii, you know, like in my car or at my friend's house, I was like, I woke up depressed. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Like if they're going through something, it's hard to get up. So immediately, first thing, I would force myself to go work out. And so like, you know, in order to be, and that got me through it a little bit, right? So yeah. in order to be happy and successful physically, you need to work out. You have to. You have to go outside. You need vitamin D. You need fresh air. You need sunshine. You need to eat healthy. You need to like consume things. You need minerals. You don't just need food. You need nutrition. Like in order for you to be elite physically, that's, you need to always be learning in regards to how you can optimize your health and wellness. And that's primary. You have to do that first. That's simple, basic human survival, okay? Then you have your IQ, your emotional intelligence. This is what makes us superior as human beings because animals don't have the word. Like our language is so important because when we speak, the Latin word to speak means to create. So when we speak, we create. Our words take a physical, energetic form. They become something. That's why, like, when you're around people and, and you, you know, girls especially, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so fat today. How does that make you feel? Fat. Pretty bad. No, you're like, shut up. You're not yeah. fat. Why are you saying that? Don't say that. Like, you just created an energy in the room that nobody likes. Nobody wants to hear that, and it's not even true. Don't say that, right? So your, your intelligence is your perspective. It's your ability to manifest. It's your ability to create. What we just talked about, like, in three years from now, how that already happened. Like, that's up here. And that's something that, like, you know, is, is also connected to, like, a divine source, if you believe in it, right? Yeah. It's belief. Um, it's the ability to make money. It's, it's everything that you are, like, you know, becoming. And it's, it's, it's divine, right? So then you have your intelligence, you have your physical, you have your intelligence, and in order to be successful and happy intellectually, you need to always be learning, you need to be reading, you need to be writing, you need to be creating, you need to be thinking about your future and what matters, right? Um, and then you have your emotional intelligence, and this is the part that I needed the most help with because I had the physical and I had the intellectual, but I didn't have the people, and that's the people, that's the networking, that's the relationships, that's your feelings and your ability to feel and your ability to process your feelings and your ability to communicate and your ability to empathize and connect with people. Um, so in order to be happy and successful with your, intellect, or with your emotional intelligence, you need people and you need to make sure you care about the people in your life and you show them that they matter and you treat people well and you help people. And that's a huge part of fulfillment, which is the fourth quadrant. And that's your spiritual quotient. And that's why. That's your purpose, right? So if you believe in God, why did God create me as a physical human being with an intelligence and the ability to connect with people? Why? Why are you here? What's your purpose? What's the value of your life? And what are you going to do about that? What's your fulfillment? How are you going to leave this world a better place than, you, than it was when you came into it, right? So... Um, that's, that's the other thing. That's the, other, that's the main reason why Weekenders was created because we want to bring together that elite community of people that have that intellectual level of like, you know, success and they value their health and wellness and their physical, you know, existence. Um, but they need more because you're going to need more. If you have everything you want and you have a great group of people, you still are going to need more. And that's because we were created as beings with purpose. And if you don't have purpose... Um. 
I can't imagine a life without it. Holy shit. Can you, can you sum up again the four quadrants? Because you yeah. almost said them like in an order. And, and I like that because then it, it, it relates to Maslow's laws, right? Like I love how health comes in first, just like the most successful people. This, you could have the most money in the world. Second health goes like right. you would give all your money away to hopefully, you know, regain that health. But unfortunately, a lot of times you can't react. It's reactive behavior. And then you said was number two intellectual. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being proactive in your physical, that's one, and I put them in a square. So physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. Yep. That is the four ways we exist. In, in a lot of times what I've read, and, and through this, this is, you're right, you can look this stuff up. Um, I like to view it in Maslow's Laws because I think it is steps to this. For someone that might be listening or watching this interview and, and feel like they're starting at ground zero in their building, Focus on the health number one. I love that you said working out in the morning. I mean, um, Rob Brand Sharma, out of, yeah, Rob Sharma out of Canada so was the of one that, that taught me this. Um, probably like sophomore year of college because I started consuming his content. The top one percent of CEOs, like some of the most successful people, in regards to like what they're creating and they're leading companies that are impacting and bettering the world at this massive scale. They all wake up ridiculously early. It used to be the five a.m. club. What I can tell you now is it's the 4 a.m. club. And, and if you want to live an above average life, you can't be living your day-to-day life like an average person, right? And this is not egotistical. This is almost in one way you could call it selfishness. It's the good selfishness. We need it to say, no, I need it for me. I personally have to work out in the morning when I roll out of bed. Rob Sharma, in the studies he talks about, is also being able to roll out of bed getting the movement, right? And in those workouts, making sure you're sweating. So I just always like to wear a hoodie. I'm wearing the uprise hoodie because it's like the perfect way I get movement and then I can put my hoodie up, but I'm like sweating um, throughout. And by doing that, releasing sweat in the morning does some magical things. It 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 rids of, is that even proper grammar? It rids of? No, go for it. Yeah, it rids of like the negative chemicals in our brains. The ones that create stress, anxiety, depression, but it's also you're moving, right? And, and so emotion is energy in motion. And if you're starting your day with this, you're getting that little bit of momentum. It's similar to like why in the military and study after study has proven it. When you wake up, make your bed, right? By starting your day doing something you know is setting you up for not only that day, but for your life, it's a routine. It's these little things and successful people do them. And I think when you don't understand the construct of like why they're doing it, it seems like okay, like if I don't make my bet, it's not like that's going to hold me back from being successful. No, but it's these little principles. Yeah. The other aspect is so, so then there's the physical, right? How would you recommend someone that wants to improve that second quadrant? What does that look like? Intelligence. Intelligence. Reading. Um, that was a game changer for me. So I hated reading because in high school, they would always in college, we would always have to read things and it, didn't bring actual value to my lifetime value, right? To like, you know, am I gonna use this outside of this classroom? And then you would forget the material. So it was kind of just a massive waste of time, but it keeps your brain active. So like, you know, that's good. But um, reading material, like just in time learning, where you need the answer to something. Like for me, it was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You know, all of, so many books, like we could talk about books forever, but, that changed my life and certain books will come to you at the exact right time when you need it and they will change your life because you need that knowledge you need that material and um we were discussing this yesterday as well 
you can recognize when certain people have read certain books or when certain people have taken certain courses or material, especially like in the entrepreneur game and in the entrepreneur world. Um, I, I know if you've taken Sam Oven's course. I know if you've read Seven Habits of Highly Successful People because I can see it in those little identity habits that you do. The way you carry yourself, the way you speak, the way you communicate, the way you make eye contact, um, even the way, you know, like you just do everything. It's, I can recognize that. And elite people can recognize that in you. And so um, I think if you want to be elite and if you want to get to the next level, you need to study the people that are there and read what they're reading and do what they're doing. So, yeah, that's IQ is um, it's a competitive thing. Yeah. Especially if you it's it's if you want it. It's if you want it. You got to have that again, that deep burning passion to become something great. You have to be called, right? And willing to work for it. That's yeah. the other thing that happened for me and, and it was like at a young age it was realizing, oh shit, like I didn't tell anyone this for probably the first few years of feeling this emotion of like, damn, I'm put on this world like I, I talked about it in another episode, but like my mom, I was in sixth grade visiting her and she like had told me, Connor, I had a vision from God. She's very religious and spends her form of meditation. When I met, you know, I like to meditate every day. Her form is two hours of prayer and she's reading the Bible, reciting things, watching ministers on TV. Um, there were times growing up that she'd be like, hey, we're going over to a girlfriend's place and I'd come downstairs and I'd hear like weird sounds and they're like, group of girls in a circle speaking in tongues and I'm like oh shit like that's just the level of it so I was always open to like out there things yeah one day after she had finished her work and she always like did it and it was like her time right she didn't have any distractions and she came out I was in sixth grade so I don't know how old you are at that point I'm gonna say like 12 yeah and Six, 11 11 12 I don't know and she's like Connor I had a vision your right. future you're gonna be a Christian Thank you for your patience. We are shooting in. Okay, well, still, we're doing new things. Every episode, our guarantee is make it better. You're going to see some new things in this video. You probably have seen them by this point. Now, right where we were leaving off is my mom told me coming back from, she had this visualization. God had spoken to her. And I was at the age where my mind was open to pretty much everything. And like, I looked up to my mom. I still do. I look up to both of my parents. And she was like, you're going to be a, a world-renowned Christian rock band artist. And I was like, tell me more. Like, this is like, <laughs> give me, you have me hooked right now, Mom. And she's like, yeah, you're going to be playing guitar, and I think you might even be doing some vocals. So what does Connor go do? Gets, you know, saves up his, his uh, little allowance, detasseling in the summer, getting paid minimum wage, buys an acoustic guitar, and I'm like, okay, I get home, and I'm like, oh, dang, like, me, me like, what is it, strumming? Yeah. yeah. Strumming, like, this is not what is going to get me on stage. <laughs> I need to figure out a faster process. Yeah. Save up some more allowance. Get music lessons. At that point, after, like, the second session, I was like, oh, gosh, this music thing is too difficult for me right now. And, and so that vision went away. But the passion for something more in my life stayed with me, and that is really where I, I view the seed of it when I look back in life, where it really changed. Yeah. And I say that because on the second quadrant, like I think this, is, this goes into that. And later in life, it was focusing on self-development. So what is quadrant three then? And how does someone know they're getting to that level where I, I'm in quadrant three? And then how do you better yourself in quadrant three? Yeah, so something I think most people have heard is if you die with five best friends on your hand, like if you can count five people that would take a bullet for you, you know, that are just like meaningful, deep relationships. You've lived a good life. 
So do you have five people, at least? There are eight billion people, right, in the world? And uh, yeah. what is it? You've had a successful life if you have five? That doesn't, like, really? So I would say, like, you know, if you're trying to uh, do, like, emotional intelligence, if you're trying to do personal development, um, read a lot of books. Um, just develop a system for yourself where you're able to execute a, a certain amount of discipline. What's actually good for me? Not what's easy, but what's good for me. Um, you know, what's going to push me forward? What are the difficult decisions I need to make now in order to make my future what I want it to be? Um, who do I need to be around? Who do I need to give value to? How do I give value to people? How do I connect with people? You know, how, how am I going to have at least five meaningful relationships? There's a lot of work that goes into that. What does it take to communicate on an effective level? How do you make people feel important and seen and heard and understood? Um, it's, it, you have to learn. You have to seek that knowledge. You have to seek that, you know, outcome. And you have to, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of discipline, honestly. I think it's a lot of discipline. Discipline breeds happiness, just like Jocko says. And I had heard people talk about it. I didn't understand it. But discipline is creating your future. Well, let me tell you, like, it's kind of hard at first. It Whatever is. it oh, is, yeah. it's really hard at first. But once you do it, it's easy. Like, big, big one for me in, in, the health, uh, in the health quadrant is giving up dairy. I just knew it wasn't serving me anymore. And I, I, I drank, like, you know, two to three, like, lattes from Starbucks, like, whole milk a day. And um, I was like, you know, I want to be a model. I want to be healthy. And I just, this isn't, this isn't serving me at all. But I loved it. Oh, I loved it. It took me, like, three months to actually stop. But now, I'm like, if you put milk in front of me, you couldn't pay me to drink it. I'm like, no. No, like, cause, cause now it's like, I don't do that. I won't do that. Yeah. I don't even want to anymore. Same thing, whatever you're trying to give up, whether it's like chocolate, that was another thing for me. Um, you know, whether it's a drug, whether it's a person, whether it's a toxic relationship, um, whether it's a specific habit that that's just not serving you. It's really hard at first, but like, just do it. Just stop, stop. And just for like a month, just stop doing it. And just, you'll see, I think, honestly, you won't even want it anymore after a certain amount of time because your life is so much better, you feel better, you are better, and there's no way you can go back once you've gotten to that level. So you just got to have discipline for, like, enough time to where you, you realize it's worth it. I love that. And it's such a short window, realistically, right? Because, like you had mentioned, through K through 12, getting homework, English class was always very difficult for me, out of all of them. Love math, science, was fortunate to do well. But when it came to like writing, I just hated it. And then reading, oh my gosh, because I was told I had to. I know. Did not like that. No. College, I started realizing pretty quick when I got, I, I started feeling this excitement for life that I had never felt before in my life when I started pursuing self-development. Yeah. Right? You get educated in, in school and then maybe college or you go to a uni and it seems like someone's doing it. 
the passion for me started when I knew I needed to start reading. I knew I needed to surround myself with the content and people. So I didn't have the people though yet in my life, right? So what did I do? I just, the first person was Tony Robbins, right? And I think for anyone listening to this, you had mentioned the, the um, seven habits of, what is it? Seven habits of highly, highly effective. Highly successful people. Highly effective or successful. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. I know exactly what the book looks like. I think it's Red Lettering, White, white Book. Covey. for yep. Yeah. And for me, it was, I would say there's two levels. One is the mindset. And for me, it would, and my recommendation would be going on Netflix and watching the documentary called The Secret. Now, I say this is like step one because I think the mindset is so critical of how much our mind is creating. Our mind and what we speak is legitimately what we're creating in this world. There's also a book, and I hand that out to a lot of people, family, friends that are, they have, you, you see something in them, you're like, you and they this. look up to you for, yeah. for whatever area, and you're like, no, this is just read it. And it's a short <laughs> read. The documentary is, is short. My recommendation, take notes, zero distractions. Turn the phone off. And I remember I watched this on repeat, I don't know, at least four or five times. Then a few months later, I'd watch it again. I'd talk to a friend. I'd watch it with them. And it always meant something different. The next level was, and what I'd recommend is, is taking, re, buying the book called Strength Finders. And the newest one's like Strength Finders 2.0. I went to business school and in the entrepreneurial program, this was like a requirement. And I love that, right? Because once you have the mindset, I think something that jumpstarts the momentum and confidence in yourself is knowing what we're good at. We're all good at these things. Strength Finder, you take this assessment, it takes like 20, 30 minutes. And I remember just hysterically laughing when I read the results because I'm like, this is so accurate. I had never taken an assessment like this that I did on my own time. Um, and I just loved it. I was like, holy shit, I'm onto something. Then once I know those five, I'm going to start focusing on them, right? The ones that, I, that come to mind, and I haven't looked at these for at least a year probably. Significance was one of the big ones. Influence was one of the big ones. I think one's communication. And then I'm visionary was another one. And I forget the fifth. Right. And they say do this every like four to five years because they change as we change. Right. How much we can change in one year, let alone five. That would just be advice for anyone that is hearing what we're talking about. And maybe some of it doesn't make sense. There's levels to it. And don't focus on climbing Everest. It's just you have to get to the first base camp. And it's not that hard to get to the first base camp. Right. You can do that. That's the one day trek. Right. So to speak. I haven't climbed Everest yet. That's on the list. Got to do it. Posner's doing it right now. I think that's so smart. He's from the Midwest. Getting back to this. So quadrant three, again, is because I'm getting mixed emotional up. Emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. And your recommendation is? Read. Read. Consume YouTube content. And that's what it led to in college was I didn't know how to hang out with these people. I didn't have them in my life yet. So I just locked my bedroom door and I would spend sometimes two, four, sometimes more just on YouTube, four hours just watching Tony Robbins because there's unlimited content. For me, that was what bridged the gap. I really understood him. I liked the energy he brought. And it just made me feel good reading it, listening to it. And I would write it down. Oh, How about for you? Okay, so there's two things. You need to read and then execute. So you can't just consume all of this content. You have to keep KPIs, key performance indicators, right? Yeah. So, so um, you know, when I was reading Seven Habits, it taught me about time management. And there's actually four quadrants in that book as well in regards to time management and what kind of categories you can spend your time in. And so I analyzed every single hour of my day and I started keeping track of what quadrants I was managing my time in to be the most effective because I was really busy all the time. 
like I was always busy, but I wasn't actually getting anywhere. And that's because you need to, you know, like very specifically distinguish what's effective and what's just making, keeping you busy and make sure that you prioritize what is actually moving you forward. So you can't just read. You have to read and take notes or you have to read and then get on a whiteboard and, and apply it and say, okay, this is what I, this is the new knowledge that I have in regards to how I'm going to elevate my emotional intelligence and how I'm going to be a better human. This is how I'm going to keep track though and make sure that I hold myself accountable to implementing this because otherwise like people can read and learn all day long and get addicted to knowledge and not go anywhere. So you have to take action and keep track of your performance. Um, biohacking, for example, in the physical, in the first quadrant, um, we have all these little things, like all these new te technologies that are telling us how we're doing, how we're performing. Like this is an aura ring and it keeps track of your sleep. Yeah. And it, and it's, um, it's amazing. Cause it tells you like what your heart rate is at, um, how you're sleeping, how much REM sleep you're getting, which, you know, leads you into figuring out, okay, how's my circadian rhythm? How much light am I consuming? How's that affecting me? And you keep track and you can see, okay, am I actually getting better? And, uh, in another book, uh, it's another habit book. I it's, I'm missing it for some reason. Uh, atomic habits, atomic habits yeah, with the wheel. They, the biggest thing I got out of that was 1%, right? The rule of 1%. If you get 1% better every day, that, those KPIs compound and eventually like you just grow quantum, like in quantum measures. If you get 1% worse every day, and so those little things, it's I'm not gonna make my bed, that's 1%. You gotta be careful, like, because those things matter. If you say certain things like, oh, I'm so ugly today, whatever that's 1% that you just went in the opposite direction. And it might not make a huge difference right now, but it actually matters in the long run. And so keeping track of your KPIs in all four quadrants, again, to be happy and successful, you need to continuously develop these four things. And that takes you know, education and then action and then implement, implementation, rinse and repeat. Yep. That's and the education you're talking about is not getting a degree, spending $500 per credit hour, and then paying tuition. This no, is self-education. Yes, it's self-education, learning exactly what you need to learn at the exact moment you need to learn it. And when you're new to this, there's a foundational set of like 25 books, right? That like from um, Kawasaki to like Napoleon Hill to, to all the names that, that we talk about. And, and the reason why you start, I've started to notice this, there's these foundational books and successful people have consumed all of them all at of some them. point in their life, all right? Of them. Yeah. And so what it allows you to do is not only do you feel that momentum, but now you can relate to people. And I know yeah. we briefly discussed this at, uh, at an earlier time. I realized doing this self-development and being in this journey for seven years now and just taking it very seriously, because before I had a company, this is like what I focused on. It made me feel good. And I'm a strong believer the best investment we can make in our 20s, 30s, and really our whole life is in ourselves. Yes. Educating ourselves. And then there's the financial investments, right? But you have to get to a level of that. And then you're creating your future too, to, to live that freedom if you want, so if you have a goal of accumulating wealth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And throughout this process, regardless of what quadrant and where we're at, as we move our way to the fourth, all of a sudden you start realizing from quadrant one, getting into quadrant two, all of a sudden these doors start opening, right? We work on ourselves. We get rid of the things that are inefficient in our life. I like to think of it like we're uh, the nicest speedboat. It's a mega yacht. It's got helicopters like the boats you've been on. I haven't been on those yet. And when we 
know in the back of our mind and that voice is telling us like, oh, I know that my, the best, better version of me isn't doing this, right? Or I actually stay true. I don't hit snooze four times. You know, I have my alarm set at 5.30, but I, I know truthfully I'm not waking up till 7 a.m. It's like throwing anchors out, right? But you're still this speedboat and you're trying to go from point A to point B being your goal, right? Wherever that goal is, you're slowing yourself down. And then when you get multiple anchors thrown, right? You got to pull those anchors back Get back to, to who you know needs, who do you need to be today to get you to that point, right? And having that honest look in the mirror, meditation helps a lot with it. I know you, you mentioned that. It's better understanding ourselves and like the emotions we get when we're around certain people or when we're taking certain actions. Yeah, and if you're totally lost, like if you're like, oh my God, where do I even start? Just get a coach. Literally, like that yeah. will change your life. Um, invest in yourself. I invest every last, I don't save, I need to get better at this. I don't save anything. I don't pay myself anything. I fully invest everything into growing as much as I possibly can because I know that the outcome is worth it, right? But if you're like, I don't even know where to get started. I don't, it takes time. You have to figure out what books, you have to figure out what people. So I think if you're like completely lost, no, no matter how old you are, just find someone that has the success and the character that you want and either, you know, approach them and say, I need you. I need a mentor. I need a coach. Either, you know, t tell me what I need to do for you to have me in your life or tell me who I need to have in my life because you need people and everybody, even the most successful coaches have coaches. Absolutely. The most successful people do. We've yeah. talked about this on other episodes and, and I love it because every guest up to this point that's been on, on, we've been able to have a conversation like this. I'm going to say nine out of 10 all have coaches, right? And for us, it's like we have coaches through the company. In the last few months, I've started paying out of pocket. And magically, I take that so much more seriously. And I've seen the results and the growth that, that comes with it, right? The thing that we're not talking about is by doing all of this, you're also speaking to the subconscious, right? The human that we actually are. There's the physical without getting too woo-woo or spiritual, but I know a lot of successful people, we all, this is like what brings us together is the spiritual <laughs> component and then self-development's the baseline. All right, we're here. Let's talk about this weird shit that's true. We can measure it now, but it's, okay. I get excited there. It, it was um, being able to rewind quick. What was the, the point right before I got, made the excited statement? Oh man, uh, you're talking about like the personal development and the spiritual. Yes, we're speaking to our subconscious. The subconscious, subconscious. is yeah. our soul, it's our spirit. It's the thing that never dies, right? When people do enough spiritual work, they're not scared of death. And it's because we just know we transcend to somewhere else, whether you believe in God, whatever God, or just the universe as a whole, believing in almost all gods and, and it's there. Just knowing there's a higher power. The thoughts that we have are so important, but what's even more important is what we're saying to the world. And it's not important to anyone else. It's the most important to our subconscious, right? So by saying I'm fat, right? You are telling your subconscious that you're fat. Even as a joke, it is language that I won't NLP, use. NLP, right? NLP. You're, you're, you're actually accidentally um, conditioning yourself. You're accidentally uh, hip, hypnosis, hypnotizing. You're accidentally hip, hypnotizing yourself. Even if it's not real and you don't believe it, it becomes real. It does. And it that's does. why you're like, at the end of the day, you're like, I love myself, but I don't believe it, you know? Yeah. So, question for you. Um, yes. Girl in the front. <laughs> Can you train? So, first of all, is your subconscious that voice? Is your subconscious, you know, that voice when you're like, I want to do something, and then that voice comes in and it's like, you can't do that. Is that your subconscious? 
Great question. My belief right now, okay, the subconscious is there, it's always listening and, and it's feeding us. It's guiding us to the direction that we know. That little voice is simply an opinion. Whenever mm. it's something like that. That's that, not that your was subconscious. I think you could probably somehow phrase it to it, but that's just, it's your brain, it's right? It's kind of subconscious. You can recognize those thoughts, so. You can recognize them. So I, no. A, a foundational truth that I learned, I don't know, in the last few years, and I forget what book, it was actually a Medium article that I was reading, and for some reason it was foundational, it sounds so simple. But it's the fact that if we aren't, if we aren't like bettering ourselves, or, or that, that voice, right? So I think a good example is waking up, right? We all know successful people wake up and they have a routine, right? There's always a morning routine, almost always. And I'm gonna wake up at 4, 10 a.m. That's the time that I like it. Like, I'm excited for the day. But if I hit the snooze and I wake up at five, it's not like it, it makes that big of a difference, right? But in my mind, the first time that alarm goes off, what goes on in my mind? Oh, damn, the bed's warm. The window's open. It's probably like 64 degrees in here right now. Oh my gosh, I'm a little tired. I oh could no. definitely like stand under these blankets, right? No. These pillows are so comfy. Stop. You know what? Maybe I do need a little bit more sleep because you know what? The last few days, I, I don't think I got my full eight hours. That voice is simply an opinion. Mm. An opinion. I lived my whole life thinking that was like this, someone guiding me like, oh no, I shouldn't work out today. No, it's an opinion. And the discipline and the people that live the most successful life, success based on I'm living a happy life, right? Regardless of what every, everyone listening to this, watching this, you define success a little different than I would, right? But it, it does, it's a form of, for me, freedom. It's happiness, it's true happiness, and it's congruency, right? That is the takeaway. It is an opinion. So when that alarm goes off, Jocko, and that's if I just need to become more of a man. <laughs> like when I got out of a relationship, like I treat people well, but it's like I, I can be passive with things and I can forget about things. There's certain people like, um, uh, it's Jocko and then who's the other one? Goggins, David Goggins, is it David? They're both like SEALs, spec ops guys, right? And they're the guys that'll just go, stop being a bitch. Like, stop Your being a bitch. bitch, like get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I know they use that language, but it's like, they've done, they've trained right over here. They've done hell week. Like, oh, let's go. Let's go, I so have no excuse. That's like a perfect transition into my second question is, can you train your voice so it's not your subconscious because it was going to can you train your subconscious but you just distinguish that your subconscious is separate from this opinion this voice inside it because it is conscious so um that's another thing too is like you got to watch you got to watch that your like conscious needs to recognize you're almost subconscious and and train yourself so same thing when you're getting out of bed um for me like can i be vulnerable for a second absolutely yeah um when I was in Hawaii, like just, again, broken heart, no money, totally lost, didn't know anyone, just everything had fallen apart, just completely super depressed, right? Um, first thing that my inner voice, my opinion, my subconscious, you know, whatever it is, would do, would think when I would wake up, when I would gain consciousness, is I, I was used to, I was in a two-year relationship, so I was used to like, you know, leaning over and like having someone be there. And I did that, and it was like an, an immediate feeling of missing. And I, I was like, first thought, where are you? And I was like, okay. Second thought, oh, he's with another girl because he like immediately just you know started rebounding or whatever. And uh, third thought, following that, just naturally, I'm alone. 
massive depression would just hit, right? And I think if you allow your mind to do that, it's natural. You're, it, you're just figuring it out. You're just reacting to, you know, your conscious awareness and, and what's happening, what's different. It's totally normal. But normal, letting your mind do its normal thing is dangerous. And it, and it will lead you to go into a rabbit hole of depression. And so uh, what I realized I had to do, because I would wake up every morning just stupid depressed, was I had to train myself how to think consciously as soon as I woke up. That became the first thing of my morning routine. And at first I, I couldn't do it. I would have those three thoughts every morning when I wake up, those three things over and over and over again. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. This is what I need to think. And so I literally wrote these three things down. I was like, I'm going to choose to force myself and train myself to think these three things immediately when I wake up. And I was like, how do I do this? I wrote it down on a little sticky pad and I was sleeping in my car and I tied it to a piece of paper on my windshield and I put it right there. So it was the first thing I saw when I woke up. And eventually I didn't even need that piece of paper anymore because it became that routine where I was training my mind. And those three things were one, you just woke up. You just woke up. That's a big win. You're alive. You get another day. First of all, just have gratitude that you exist. You are alive right now. That's a big win. First of all, you know, without even doing anything, you are already winning because you have a gift of today. That is a gift. Okay? Number one, like gratitude and being like, yes, I'm alive. You know, waking up and being like, yes, I'm alive. So one. Two is you're in Hawaii, Celia. You've always wanted to live here. This is your dream. This is your happy place. You did it. Yeah. Big win. Two big wins. First off the bat. Three, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do today. You can do whatever you want. You're not in, um, you know, a war. There's, you're not in, like, a concentration camp. You don't have a shitty boss telling you what to do. You don't have to go to work on time. You don't have to go to school. You don't have anyone that needs anything from you. You will have complete 100% freedom. Regardless of your situation, yeah, you're broke. Yeah, you don't know anyone. Yeah, you have no idea what you're doing and you feel like shit. But you're free. You have freedom. Yeah. And so as soon as I thought those three things, I was like, <laughs> I was like, let's go. I'm so ready for today. I don't right. know why, but I'm like, I'm stoked to be alive. I'm in an amazing location and I can do whatever I want. And those other three thoughts just... They go away. That depression, instant cure. So, like, the point of all of this is, like, you have to watch what you think. Like, you have to train yourself and not allow certain natural thoughts to come into it's your human, head. It's human, right? Yeah. But depression and anxiety, they're loops. Yeah. And over time, it becomes very easy to get in those thoughts, those emotions, right? I've, I, from time to time, depending on the season of life I'm in, I'll have those thoughts, yeah. right? And, and, but I'll catch them. I'm aware of them. And I'm like, okay, that's where you're at, Connor? Let's, let's look at the real, yeah. what is happening, right? I could be, like you had said, that's what I love is you, you still look at the reality. It's not like you're living in this fake world. You still look at, okay, you know, I wouldn't even use in, in like NLP, right? I, I wouldn't even use the word broke. Like I'm not broke. I'm financially, I'm, I'm ready to build, right? You know, it's like, it's, it's those little things. <laughs> yeah. and, and like, I'm only gonna, I'm only, it's only gonna better myself. And, and yeah. being careful with like, uh, you'll hear me say something once in a while. One of the words that a buddy helped me take out of my vocabulary, and if I ever, once in a while, I'll still say it, but it's the C word. And I don't even wanna say it on here, I'll spell it, C-A-N-T, right? That word should be pulled out, can't, Or cannot. have to, or have to. Or have to, right? Like, oh, I get have it rid to do of, Get rid of it. Like, no, you don't have to do anything. You, you have freedom and you can choose, and you're prioritizing this choice. Yeah, yeah, and, and 
even if I do catch myself saying it, right? Oscar, he wants me to transport an SD card from this camera to this camera, right? And it's like, I, you know, I don't know how, and I could say that I can't, right? <gasps> even if I catch myself saying it, like literally, literally <laughs> like, someone that doesn't feel anxiety, but I'm like, oh gosh. I, you will catch myself, repeat it, and I'll go, no. I didn't mean As that. of right now, I don't understand how, what you need me to do. Please teach me, right? But again, right. it's just conditioning. So even when you do slip up, you start getting in this position where it's like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix it right there in the moment. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I, I'm going to let that one slide. Correct your language. Yeah. Subconscious or conscious. Yes. Game changer. Yes. Huge. And then quadrant four, spirituality. How does someone, once you get to that level, how do you enhance it? You know, that's not something that I can answer because it's just a matter of faith. Like, you have to believe. You have to believe that you were created to do something great. You have to believe in God. You have to believe in, you know, some... Some higher power. Gurus call it, like, the universe, a higher power, whatever it is. You know there's energy. You know there's magic. It's real. And For you, anyone that's, that's not into this yet, because if you would ask me five years ago, I'd have been like, you're weird, right? And my dad would have called you a Fruit Loop. Right, my dad called everything that he loop. didn't have under, an understanding of. He, you just your fruit loops. Stop hanging out with fruit loops, right? No, it's he's just an interesting guy. The truth is, though, is there is energy. You'll understand it as you go through these quadrants. It starts to make sense, and all of a sudden you realize it. And now the beauty is, is even five years ago we couldn't measure a lot of these things, but people like Dr. Joe and, and a lot of these, you know, John Asaraf, we are measuring this with technology that wasn't around five years ago. Energy is everywhere. We are emitting energy. We are bringing a vibrational pull to every conversation. You and me are both high vibration people. So is Oscar. When we have those thoughts of limiting beliefs, like when we start feeling anxious and we start feeling a little depressed or down, we're vibrating at a slower, it's a slower vibration, right? We don't want that. We want to be high vibration. Um, and so being aware of that, and, and you're right, I think the spiritual journey takes on whatever direction your life is going, right? It, it's not right for one single person. I'm trying to think of any books that, that have helped me on the spiritual front. And, and there's a handful. That's a Do you tough have one? one? That's a tough one. I honestly have not really tapped into the spiritual quadrant as much. I think that comes with wisdom and age. Um, and I have a lot more learning to do in that, in that aspect. But all I can tell you is um, if you are in a place where you don't believe or you don't have faith or you're not spiritual and you just don't understand that and maybe you're depressed, um, there's that reality and then there's like a future self. Like you just, again, with that question you asked earlier, like what, who are you in three years, five years, whatever. Like you have to imagine like, okay, this person is great. This person has X, Y, and Z. This person is everything I look up to and this person's inspiring, et cetera. You know, whatever that is. And you have to believe like that you are that person. Like you will become that person. That's an element of faith. I think that's an yeah. element of, of spirituality. Again, not confidence in the unknown. And you have to live with this person inside of you. Like that is the only way I've found to get out of depression. Because I literally, like, I took a piece of paper, what, like, you know, it was actually, to be honest, like, I went through another low point about four months ago, uh, 
where I was like traveling and I thought I found the love of my life and I like flew him out to meet me and it didn't work out and my family disowned me for various reasons and I had to pay you know a lot of like 13 grand in taxes and I totally ran out of money and like I was all of a sudden homeless again you know just part of like the entrepreneur thing like I just you know somehow didn't I fucked up somehow in so many different ways and it put me in a bad spot right um and then I got COVID like when it rains it pours like everything um you know hits you at once again because you have to go through that in order for greatness to be born from somewhere right um and I, I wrote down everything on a piece of paper it, I was like you know what Celia you're not in a good spot maybe you're delusionally optimistic maybe you need to be re realistic for a minute right like maybe who you think you are and all this you know ego shit maybe you need to do some more personal development and actually get real so I wrote down everything, facts. These were real things, like my family disowned me. Um, you know, I, I have a broken heart again. You know, like all of, these, all of these things on paper, I'm sick, I feel like shit, I don't wanna live anymore. Like real issues, you know, for me in that time. Challenges. Challenges, yeah, like big ones. Yeah. Um, just completely all, everything all at once, you know, and that's that lower vibrational frequency, right? And it's, and it's really hard to to understand or think about this vibrational frequency when you're at this level because they just don't connect. They're just different levels of frequencies and vice versa. When you're up here and you're on top of the world and you're crushing it, these things that don't really matter don't even, they're like, whatever, I don't even care, yeah. right? Um, so this jump is a quantum jump. Shoot. I got you. Cool. So this jump is a quantum jump. And for me, I was like, okay, I'm at this frequency. I'm just going to be realistic and just try to get real because I think that's maybe what I need to do and maybe why I'm here is because I'm so delusional, you know? And I wrote all those things down. It was horrible. I was like, I looked at this piece of paper at the end and I was just like, did this help? Or do I just hate my life even more now? And the former was true. I was like, this is horrible. I took that piece of paper. I like, you know, tore it to shreds and the shreds were still there. I was like, hey, uh, this, needs to dis this needs to no longer exist. I went outside and I burned it, every single one. And even the ashes, I was like, like, be gone. This doesn't, I will never, ever fucking do that ever again. That was horrible. And then I went back inside. I took a new piece of paper out and I, and I started writing as if I was myself five years from now. Same thing. I am amazing. I have the love of my life. My family loves me. They've, we figured it out. I have, you know, I have like outstanding relationships. I have created a, you know, $10 million company, whatever it is. Like I wrote all of those things down and like I was no longer depressed after that. I swear to God. Like it literally cured me. Yeah. And, and I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I saw that piece of paper and I was like, I am all of these things now, even though I wasn't. So I had to no longer be realistic. If I was going to be realistic, I would have been depressed and suicidal for a long period of time and focused on that negativity and focused on that realistic, those facts, right? Those were real things. Um, don't do that. That's my advice. That's my advice to you is like if you're going through hell, don't acknowledge the reality of it. Just say like I'm going, I am these things, I'm going here and fucking grab onto that and go there instantly. Yeah. Um, that is the, that's how I like that. I guess I hope that answers the spiritual question. That's the closest I've gotten. I think. Yeah. And, and I think uh, another technique could be, I don't think there's necessarily harm in just writing out the ways that you did at first, right? Like these are the straight observations. As long as there's not an emotional bias, I think that's fine. But I think then 
rewriting each in the context of how it's an opportunity, right? This is an opportunity, right? Anyone in self-development knows I grow the most when I'm at my lowest. Yep. Adversity. In business, they talk about seasons. Seasons are out of our control. We're both in good seasons right now. Oscar, I know you are too. Alexa over there, she's in a good season. It's good. But knowing seasons are out of our control, I'm going to celebrate this. And like you're saying, that low vibrational shit, even those people, yep. whatever, they talk shit, whatever. When you're putting out content once in a while, you get it. I love that shit, but I don't have time for it, right? I know, though, at some point down the road, there's going to be a dip. And I should celebrate this moment. And then I'm already, I've already defined that when those dips happen, it could be personal life, professionally, family member passes, like whatever. I've already decided who I am and how I'm going to react when that happens, even though it's the unknown, right? And, and I love all this. And the coolest part is that people that get to work with you not only get to travel, get to experience all of this, you implement these four quadrants in so many different ways for any guest that gets chosen to, to go on these trips. And you do these trips like, what, one or two a month sometimes? Once and a month, yeah. Once a month. And these are always cool spots. You're surrounded by high-level people that are killing it in all these areas of life. And you make friends for life. Not only a lot of times, you know, there's business opportunities to help each other. When everyone's coming from an authentic, abundant state of saying, damn, I've got my, you know, life is so good. And I'm working hard to get it, right? People that can gladly say that with confidence, they're working to do it, whether they're telling you or not. Private chefs to eating the healthiest food to waking up and doing meditation and, and breath work, somewhere workouts, breath work to like ice baths, hot creating saunas, content like adventures. all of these things that that people value. How can people get in contact with you? And if someone watching this is like, I need to figure out a way to to be in that environment. Maybe they've never experienced something like that or been around the types of people that that we've been fortunate to meet. And again, yeah. it's still pretty new for me. I'm excited to go on one of these trips, but how could someone get in contact with you and, and what do next steps look like if, if they were interested? They'll find me. <laughs> I'm easy to find. My name is Celia. You'll find me on social media. You'll find me on uh, the Weekenders website. It's easy to find. Um, and just I'm easy to contact as well. So just reach out. Send me a DM. Shoot me an email. Um, it's really, I'm all over the place on the internet. Like, it's that easy. Um, and, yeah, I mean, basically... The reason that I'm doing all of this now, because like I said, I've already figured out the career. I've already figured out how to get paid to travel. Um, so the only reason that I'm doing all of this now is because I want to connect with incredible people. People are everything and that's it. As my number one value is people and incredible people. There's nothing better than that. So if you're an incredible person um, or you're becoming an incredible person. I like that. Yeah, we're all becoming. We are all becoming. Yeah. Um, then, you know, just connect with me. And we'll see where it goes because there's so many opportunities. I do a trip every month. Every time there's different people. Um, so, yeah, it's not like swipe up or go to, you know, just you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. I love just it. Find me. And what is the, the one piece of advice that you want to you wanna close this out on? Will you look at one of the cameras and just provide some value? What, what just comes to mind? The subconscious right off the top of mind. One, one of the biggest takeaways from today's conversation or just in life. do something great just do something great today especially if that um, I know. especially if that can incorporate another human if you can just make someone smile or do something just one little thing today just do something today that impacts someone else or that does something good for yourself maybe it's what something that we talked about maybe it's like one of those discipline things where it's like you know what today I'm not gonna eat this or I'm not gonna 
you know, respond to this toxic conversation, whatever it is, just do something, do 1% something great today. Get 1% better today. I love it. Great job. This was awesome.